Welcome to Heating Up, a podcast about climate change, our dangerous future, and what you can do about it. Here we are. Yeah, I'm Derek. I'm Corinne. Please like, subscribe, review, review comment, comment, share, do all that, do all the things. And yeah, welcome to another week. We made of it. our podcast about climate disasters and getting yourself prepared for them. How many weeks is this? Uh, we're at like almost 30 now. We're basically prepared. Basically done with it, yeah. <laughs> we're good to go. Yeah, so this week uh, we were supposed to do our final judgment on the climate or emergency preparedness merit badge. Well, let's put an asterisk on the we because sometimes it's a we and sometimes it's a competition and it just whatever is best suited for Derek's needs. And uh, organized climate preparedness or emergency preparedness merit badge workbook. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corinne, would you like to submit an equally substantive? I, like uh, <laughs> I would like to submit a complaint <laughs> that Derek is often a liar and a cheat. <laughs> so I'm thinking I win by default then. Okay, here's the thing. So Derek goes, oh, we're going to do this competition. We both go, we're like, ooh, this is a little bit more in-depth than we both figured. And he said, well, you know what? Let's do it together. I and never I... volunteered to do it together. Incorrect. I hate team projects uh, more than life itself. There is. This is how I know this is a lie, because there's <laughs> no way I would have volunteered to help this you. This is how I know this you is You might have latched on to my project. No. Like a life raft. Okay. Derek... <laughs> <laughs> the worst as everyone can agree and said okay we're gonna do it together so we start working on a poster board together we get some stuff done it's there's a little bit of arguing and a little bit of insulting of each other's intelligence fair great just what i was hoping for and then the next week he goes well actually our comparison is going to be at the end of the month and i was like well i thought we were doing it together He's like, well, no, it's due in a week, and I've been working on it all the last two days. And I was like, well, then basically you win, because you've been working on it for two but you days. Had a, you had a I whole had month a week. plus another week. You could have got it done in a week. Anyway, Derek would like to, to share with everyone no, how no, he's no. superior to everyone what, in Greg, every way. No, don't give me another do, week. I don't want to We can do week. this side-by-side comparison, your stuff versus my <laughs> stuff, or we can do the news. We're going to do the news. <laughs> Because I don't have anything. There's nothing to compare. You know there's only one answer. All right. So what we're actually going to do today is we're going to do the news, and then we're going to do a little bit about just some summertime prepping tips in the end. Mm -hmm. So, And maybe some arguing about who's a liar and a cheat, but I don't know. Yeah, that's what we'll do. (laughs) Okay. Well, did we want to catch up? How's your week been? What's new and exciting with you? Not much is new. Well, actually, I'm super busy with soccer. It starts this Thursday. So I have to go out and paint the lines. I was really proud of myself because <laughs> I had to go out to the, the empty fields and make a soccer field out of just this patch of dirt. And I had, like did all the geometry and I laid it all out on the fields and it was perfect. It was inch perfect. Like of the four fields that we laid out, the one that was the most off when I got to the final kind of angle was the placement of the stake where I had it, where the line was about three inches off center. Pretty Failure. good. So fa- mm. <laughs> Pretty good for I old folks. Fa- pretty good for old folks. One of them was literally on the money, like not even a centimeter off. Very good. So I was. I suggest you save these uh, calculations for next year. Oh yeah. Instead of having. I it. mean, I won't say that I uh, invented geometry, but, <laughs> but basically, it. yeah, perfected it for soccer. So if anyone needs soccer pitches, yeah, you can pay me for that, and I'll. Also, he needs more coaches. <laughs> I think we finally have all of our coaches. Do you really? Uh, they won't all be ready to start at the beginning of the season, but uh, 
they're all signed up. Something. Summer Anywho. vacation. So is yeah, that's I've been busy doing that like every day. It's hot. I've been out doing those things. Uh, yeah. Other than that, that's that's my life now. Yeah. Well, that's okay. That's what about you? You were saying you were gonna finally join a gym. <sighs> well, I've come to the conclusion it's got to be done. I can't since I start work at four in the morning. I'm not gonna be running at midnight before work for murder reasons. Right. Uh, I'm not going to run at noon when it's 110. <laughs> That's also not going to happen. And because I have to be in bed by 7, I'm not going to be running it's after the sun the goes down. It's already the end of July. Okay, yeah, but all of August, okay. September, and October are That's excruciatingly... <laughs> don't act like it's tomorrow it ends when school starts. It's three months of hell still left. That's true. Um, so I've given in to the fact that I have to go to the gym and do that. So my heart keeps pumping or something. Something like that. Why, though? Why? Well, you know... Yeah. Why do I want to live? Is that the question? Yeah, maybe uh, we should. Uh, maybe you should sign up for that gym before we do the news. <laughs> before we do the news. You know, I got. Might change the calculation. <laughs> it might be better to live hard and fast. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so I'll be doing that. Also, I'm going to a Backstreet Boys concert on Thursday. Mm. Thanks. Uh, it's a birthday gift from I believe uh, my dad and and my brother Brent. I'm taking Brent with me, who's also a big BSB fan, the two nice. of us. So, uh, and I did force the, the two of you to listen to an ungodly amount of Backstreet Boys. Although I don't know if which you listen to more, Backstreet Boys or Spice Girls, which I forced you to listen to. Uh, I don't remember. Anymore. I think Backstreet Boys. It's all been blocked out. No, no, you remember it. That's you play that song. This week I've been doing like a get ready for the Backstreet Boys and playing Backstreet Boys in my car, and you never forget the lyrics, no matter how no. stupid or awkward they are. You're like, oh wow, he really did say, "Am I sexual?" Okay, and yeah. And then his buddies answered, "Yeah." Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to that. Pretty stoked. Are you ready then for the news? Here we go. <laughs> Okay, first this week, we've got an update for you. Update? Yeah. Oh, like on um, uh, Unsolved Mysteries. Update. Yes. <laughs> so last week, we talked about the French stuntman who was going to fly across the English Channel on a hoverboard. Oh, yeah. How'd that work out? Failure. Wow, I'm shocked. Yeah, he, made, he, he was die? doing pretty good. He was going and did not die. Wow, that was, is actually surprising. So that's good. <laughs> he was heading across the thing, had to do like a refuel in the middle. So they had he had put a boat out there with like a platform on it that he was supposed to land on fill it up and then take off again okay but as he came down to land on the platform the boat rocked and it hit the hoverboard and knocked him sideways so he lost uh flight Hover. ability and <laughs> just fell into the ocean so they had to scoop him out of the drink mm. uh he i think has is says he's gonna try again so watch for more updates was it did he give himself a 30 percent chance of success that's what he said so he said, you know he was accurate yeah, he was doing okay. Yeah. Better than you. Better than Better anybody than else. Better than both yeah. of us. I've never even built a hover of any variety. Yeah, let alone gotten anyways across the English Channel. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We like to highlight stories that are uh, about the intersections of race and class. And so we've got even more of those this week. Great. <laughs> now yeah. we can l listen to more about how race and class will be disproportionately affected by climate change. Right? Yeah, so there was actually kind of like a perfect example of this last week in New York. It kind of made the news. So there was a brutal heat wave across the East Coast, and in New York, it really was straining the power uh, system. And so the power company, Con Edison, deliberately put some people out of power. They do this to prevent a larger blackout. Right. But they picked the neighborhoods. They buy And they were basically overwhelmingly poor and non-white. About 50,000 people were affected. 
in some of the poorest and most diverse neighborhoods in the city. African Americans make up less than one quarter of the total population of New York, but were about 60% of the population affected by the outages. Hmm. Every year, traditionally, African Americans make up over half of New York's yearly 100-plus heat-related deaths. Yikes. So, clearly, they're being disproportionately affected by heat in that city. Well, you know, it, it seems to me it would make sense that you would turn off the power to your more affluent as they have other options. They could go hang out in their car. They could go get on their private jet and fly to somewhere else or go to the Hamptons or wherever the hell. You'd think that you'd keep it on for the people who probably don't have another escape or another option. Yeah, well, no. I mean, if you had a heart. I'm sorry, I forgot. But, I mean, you're going to see more and more of this, I'm sure, as cities start to have to cope with the rising temperatures and their dilapidated infrastructure just can't handle it, right? Yeah. That means choices, and those choices are always going to be negative against the What was the name of that place that did that? Con Edison was this uh, Con Edison made a bad choice. Yeah. But they won't be the last. No. Of course... Getting the power shut off because you are poor and not white might be an optimistic scenario for our future. A report released earlier this month by a United Nations watchdog on human rights calls attention to the looming threat of, quote, climate apartheid. UN Special Reporter Philip Alston writes that climate change is an unconscionable assault on the poor. Citing a World Bank estimate that climate change will push at least 120 million more people into global poverty by 2030 unless immediate action is taken. Greatness. Quote, we risk a climate apartheid scenario where the wealthy pay to escape overheating, hunger, and conflict while the rest of the world is left to suffer, Alston said in a statement. The recent UN report adds that global warming will have far-reaching effects on just about any humanitarian issue, housing, migration, and more. Quote, human rights might not survive the coming upheaval. Yikes. Human rights, a thing of the past. Basically, yeah. Human rights loses to climate change. Uh, so that's not great. <laughs> that's not great that's, that's not good news good assessment not you, great and did you want some good news uh i have a feeling it's actually bad news but please yes well it's kind of good news okay so we've been reporting on the ongoing seven months of floods in the midwest correct and specifically on how those seven months of floods have kept the mississippi river above flood stage in the new orleans area mm-hmm. and as the flooding as the waters stay high it moves into hurricane season and there's this potential right. huge disaster yeah well, recent projections suggest that the river at Baton Rouge will finally drop below flood stage sometime next week. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which would be good because uh, by current projections, it will have spent 210 straight days above flood stage. The previous record was 135 days, which was set in the Great Flood of 1927. Hmm. But yeah, if it drops below flood stage, that's good because then we'll be able to handle the hurricanes that are then just getting started. Potential thunderstorms and stuff on the upper Mississippi that might keep it a couple more days, but it does seem like it's going to get there. There we go. Yeah. Another news update for you, Karen. Update. Yeah. We've been mentioning over the past couple of weeks the d- climate disasters in India where yeah. that brutal heat wave lasted right up until the monsoon. Positive which came in update? Late. Kind of. <laughs> no. No. Kind of not. Kind of not. So the monsoon has hit, and the vast majority of India is now getting the rain that it normally gets or more from Mm -hmm. the monsoon. One area that is left relatively dry, however, is the region around the city of Chennai, and that's the city that made headlines around the world for running out of water for its 10 million-plus inhabitants. Well, there you go. Yeah, and so the rain is not refilling that area. The Indian government is currently sending 2.5 million liters of water by train to the city every single day to try and meet the demand. So yeah, the crisis is still ongoing there. 
and doesn't look like even the monsoon rains are going to really be helping that. So climate change is actually making this type of scenario where brutal heat is followed by severe rain, like right after, mm -hmm. um, more and more common around the world. Yeah. And we saw this again in New York just last week. So we had that huge heat wave. Um, on July 21st, temperatures were over 100 degrees in New York. But on July 22nd, parts of the city experienced severe thunderstorms and topped over three inches of rain in an hour. So Which just, you'd think would be good, but then it's been in such a drought that it can't absorb any of that water. Sure. that and, Well, I mean, it didn't really cause much damage to New York. It was a lot for a little bit of time, so like momentarily, but the thunderstorm didn't last very long. But mm -hmm. the point is that that sort of quick swing from one to another we see all the time now all over the place. And that's because hotter air can hold more moisture. So the warmer it gets, the more potential these thunderstorms have to just drop buckets of water. Yeah. So get ready for that. Great. I live in California for a reason. I didn't want to deal with that. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but Sacramento was a floodplain before climate change. Right. No, not the floodplain part of it. The hot to freezing in a moment's notice. No, nope, that's Texas everything around here thing. now. <laughs> yep. Okay. Here's some news. I don't know. Good news, I guess. News. You're not sure if it's good or bad, all right? I mean, it's just, it's, I don't know. Interesting. We, we can say what we want to say about it, but... Last Tuesday, a team of scientists signed an open letter to international lawmakers urging them to adopt a new addition to the Geneva Conventions. The proposed new convention would add certain types of environmental destruction, hmm. like the extinction of megafauna or poisoning of water sources, to the list of war crimes. Well, Donald Trump can't have that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think yeah, we're really a signatory on that yeah. there anymore. Uh, the brutal toll of war on the natural world is well documented, destroying the livelihoods of vulnerable communities and driving many species already under pressure towards extinction. Susan Durant, a member of the Zoological Society of London and one of the signers, told The Guardian. Yeah, the idea that this is a war crime dates all the way back to Vietnam when Americans stripped the jungle of uh, jungle by trying <laughs> by dropping Agent Orange, which was a defoliant all over the, the rainforest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an herbicide that is linked to severe birth defects decades after exposure, obviously. Right. Uh, the Vietnam Red Cross estimates that Agent Orange, has Agent Orange has affected 3 million Vietnamese people, including at least 150,000 children. Babies in Vietnam are still being born with birth defects due to Agent Orange. <sighs> Vietnam. Yikes. Yeah. There's a long and inglorious history of people using the environment to perpetrate war crimes, so... We'll see if the Geneva Convention ad adopts those those uh, rules or not. But even well, if they do, it does seem like people just kind of ignore it. They go, neat. Well, that doesn't apply here. Yeah, exactly. This is an extraordinary circumstance. So we don't. Right. Yeah. These are terrorists, Corinne. Right. Do you just hate freedom? Is that I just. Okay. Here's an interesting story again for you. A political debate has erupted in the wake of the first ever sighting of a wild golden jackal in Finland on Thursday. A golden jackal, yeah. which is literally just a golden-colored jackal. Well, I mean, it's the species, the golden jackal. Right, I know, but how like is it different? bald eagle. I, I'm, yeah. I'm assuming it's golden, yeah. Okay. More golden than a brown jackal? I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I, I'm, I, Never I'm, heard of it is all. I wasn't sure there's something well, else special Finland, about. So, Anyways, it is, I think, rare or endangered. So, the debate has revolved particularly around the question of whether or not the jackal should be considered an invasive alien species. So invasive species generally are introduced to an environment and then take over. Mm -hmm. um, so like there are invasive species in the delta of like this plant, which is what's used in like people's fish tanks that they dumped into the uh, right. 
now it gets into everybody's props and ruins And it doesn't have any natural-born killers in the water there. Yeah, so or like the boa thrives. constrictors in Florida yeah. or whatever, these Asian carp that jump out of water and survive everything. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, kind of. Yeah. Anyways, invasive species are bad. So the question is whether this jackal is an invasive species or not. Members of the center party rushed to respond to reports about the sighting, saying the animal should be removed from the country. It should be killed on site, stated Whoa. Miko Karna, uh, a member of the Finnish Parliament's Agricultural and Forestry Committee. We do not need animals like this here. Take its life, he added. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. This is the party from the center? What did they call it? This is the center party. I don't know. That doesn't sound centrist to me, fella. But the Finnish Association of Nature Conservation has con contrastly demanded that the golden jackal not be treated as an alien invasive species. The golden jackal is an alien species that has spread naturally and thereby is protected under natural conservation laws. Killing the jackal would constitute a nature conservation offense, uh, which carries a punishment and a fine of up to two years in prison. Reminded Tapani Vestolda, a uh, special advisor to the SCL, because the jackal is migrating north due to climate change. So its habitat mm. is being destroyed south, and it's not as livable, so it's moving north. And we're seeing this all over. We think a couple of weeks ago we talked about snakes are moving north into Canada, but they've had no snakes before. Lots of animals are migrating, just as humans are migrating, to avoid climate change. You so know, animals are you doing can't the just same. kill these, these uh, uh, like victims of genocide in their own, yeah, you know, so or nat natural disaster victims, essentially, these animals. Yeah, so the jackals are just looking for a place to eat or to live and eat and... You know, do their jackal And it things. is one jackal, correct? This is one, but it's, you know, obviously just the first one or the first one we spotted. Maybe more have moved in there. Mm -hmm. But basically it's outside of its normal range. So I guess that's a debate. I mean, we see a weird debate like this here in California whenever one of the Oregon wolves comes down into like Lassen County. Oh, like, so yeah. On the very north end of California where it borders Oregon, Oregon has native wolves now or has for maybe like a decade or so, a little more. And every now and then, a wolf or a small pack of wolves will cross the border into California because they don't know. They don't actually know the line they where the California-Oregon the, border yeah, is. Clearly, they don't have a good map For or some their GPS reason, isn't working. They don't understand that they're Oregon wolves. Yeah. So they Those come into tools. California and it causes a huge stir amongst California cattle and sheep farmers. People from like San Bernardino down by LA, which is thousand miles from northern california even californians don't realize how big california yeah. is it's so huge but people that there's no earthly way these wolves would ever trouble their cows are like we need to get rid of this wolf kill it kill it now they actually had to put when one of them was gps tracked or some of the most of them are i think mm -hmm. but they had to put a delay timer on so the that gps they couldn't track them so for that murder somebody purposes? couldn't just like yeah come and kill it so they like delayed it 48 hours. So All it could right. go somewhere Super else. Northern California. Disappointed. Disappointed. Very disappointed in you. You are not California nature at all. So, yeah, so far, no Finnish people have proposed building a wall at the border <laughs> to keep the jackals out. Oh, kill the beast. Kill the beast, yeah. All right. Next story, Corinne. Right. More than 100 intense wildfires are, are have ravaged the, the Arctic, Arctic since June. Known for its fires. Yeah. <laughs> the cold and snowy north, known for its never-ending wildfires, <laughs> I guess. So 100 fires in the Arctic since June. Uh, described the Scientists are describing the blazes as unprecedented, and they are across Siberia, Greenland, Alaska, and Canada. Temperatures in the Arctic are rising faster than the rate of the global average, 
providing the right conditions for wildfires to spread. In the past, like, fires would start. So what would happen is, you know, like, a tree would get struck by lightning and get caught on fire, but then it was covered in snow or so there was snow around it. Out. So it would essentially generally fizzle out. It was very rare for there to be a, like, sustained fire yeah. in the Arctic. But because that permanent snow is no longer there or what, and then the permafrost <laughs> itself is melting. Sorry, there's construction going on. We're just going to have to power through this. Our uh, pod loft is not... Up uh, to snuff. Up to snuff. So we're currently constructing the new and better Look out lot. grandpa's house. Yeah. <laughs> Where there's never any construction. So anyways, no more snow, no more permafrost means that all that stuff is lighting on fire. And staying on fire. The average June temperature in Siberia where fires were raging was almost 10 degrees higher than the long-term average. Mm. The fires themselves contribute to the climate crisis by releasing carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. Um, the wildlife or the wildfires in the Arctic so far this year have released an estimated 100 megatons of carbon dioxide, which between June 1st and July 20th, which is basically the equivalent of Belgium's yearly carbon output. Statistics like that just really throw me off. I can't even picture stuff like that. It's a year's worth of carbon from Belgium. Okay, what's that? I mean, it's hard (laughs) because you got to try and put some sort of quantifiableness on it, but these numbers are so large, they don't mean anything. When you say... 100 megatons like what i don't the know hell what that is, means yeah. either no, it's it, all nothing to me exactly so the, when you try and put like a number on it or put it like this is about what belgium emits in a year it kind of gives you an idea okay this is what a smaller european country emits in <laughs> the first like, I don't who know. maybe makes good chocolate i don't know I, I don't know if that factors into it but mm-hmm. okay it's the only fact i could think of Another way that these contribute to accelerating global warming is by releasing the pollutants. So all the smoke and stuff comes down and lands on the snow and darkens it. And the snow, one of the nice things about snow is that it's white and reflective, and it actually bounces back a significant amount of heat radiation off the planet. So one of the problems with all the Arctic snow and stuff melting is that now it's hitting the darker planet and And warming it up. And so as the smoke and the particles land on the snow... It actually means it absorbs more heat, which both melts it faster and warms the planet Here's the deal. Faster. We're going to go out to the Arctic. We're going to kick some buckets of white paint. We're going to throw it on the existing paint snow. the whole thing, yeah. Ship shape. What do they call that again? Where they just go in and they change the uh, environmental issues by one sort of throwing oh, dust in the air. Geoengineering? Ge- I just geoengineered that. Just, just paint that snow white. Yeah. All right. Speaking of melting snow and glaciers, I don't know if you saw this story, Corinne. Mm, probably not. The demise of the Okujul Okukul at O K J O with umlauts K U L L. You tell me how to. Sp- That's exactly right. Uh, the Okudkul. Uh, basically, it's the first Icelandic glacier to have been <laughs> lost to climate change. Yikes! But uh, scientists there made the news because they were putting a plaque up to memorialize the glacier. It melted. It melted, so they wanted to leave some sort of lasting memory so that a generation from now when kids go up there and be like, this is an empty area, there'll be a little note that says, there used to be a really cool block of ice here. We now, kind of ruined it. Yeah, we ruined it. Here you it. go. Here's a plaque. So uh, the monument will be installed on August 18th at, oh God, Borgafjordur in Iceland in a public ceremony. This will be the first monument to a glacier lost to climate change anywhere in the world, Rice University anthropologist Simeen Howe said. They hope to draw attention to what is being lost as Earth's glaciers expire. As ridiculous as it may sound to give a plaque to a former mass of ice, it is a serious matter. This will certainly not be the last glacier lost to climate change. 
as scientists currently believe that the 400-plus glaciers in Iceland will all be gone by 2,200. So you're saying 2020, like that is really no, soon. not 2020. <laughs> 2,200 for yeah. all of them, but they always underestimate. So let's say 2001. How would we even get there when we get to 2150? So 22... 2200. 2200? It's 2000. So two, when it's... 200. Two, 2200. 2200. Is the, that year the, the year 2200. Yeah, uh, we're not going to be alive. We'll, about it. Most of the planet won't be. Sure. Most of us, yeah. Currently, Iceland loses about 11 billion mat. 11 billion tons of ice mass every year. That's a lot of ice. Go paint it white. We'll be fine. Glaciers are also the largest freshwater reserves on the planet. So when we lose them, that all that fresh water that's drinkable melts into the ocean, which we'll is decided. We'll just take that ocean that. water and we'll just dilute out all of the salt. Ship shape. Yeah. It's Geoengineered super easy. it. And I think that that, and that's the news for this week, Grant. Not terrible. Made it. On the scheme of things, not so bad. Melting ice. It wasn't too many, like, horrible news. No, not so bad this week. Medium news. Yeah. So I'm going to circle back around to the story that we did on New York. Okay. So the story where they turned off the power. Right. And, again, we had talked about maybe a month ago the plan in California to shut off power when fires could be possible mm -hmm. so that PG&E isn't liable for another of the fire after the <laughs> 15,000 or whatever they started. Right, right. They, don't, they weren't responsible before. But Let's just be in, clear. But just, it wasn't yeah. their fault before, but just moving forward. They're just going to shut off our power. Correct. Yeah. So in the event that you don't have power, which would mean most of us are now totally reliant on like air conditioning to cool our houses yes. and keep ourselves cool. Yeah. So I thought it might be a good idea to go over some of the kind of best practices to keep yourself cool without air conditioning. Okay. So these are useful if, even if you do have your power and it's all working, these will definitely help save you some money if mm -hmm. you practice some of these or maybe things. maybe you just don't have air conditioning. Or you just don't. Yeah, lots of houses, especially lots of houses that are older in Northern California, all had to have retrofitted air conditioning. Like in Sonoma County, they all didn't have air conditioning just because you didn't need it. Yeah. And now people are like, it's too hot. When I lived in San Diego, same thing. Nobody really had air conditioning. You didn't really need it. And then summertime, I mean, it's still San Diego. It's not crazy hot, but it can get up into the high 90s and 100s on occasion. And and you have no air conditioning and you have to kind of just figure it out. There's, you got to go basically and find yourself a target to walk around in. Sure. So I'm assuming that there are probably plenty of places as, as it gets hotter and hotter and more northern and northern that don't have AC units and right. people who don't have the money to buy them or live in like an apartment and mm -hmm. it's not their call. Not their choice. Yeah. So anyways, getting used to how to beat the heat without AC is All kind right. of our deal. Today. I like it. So the first step, number one, they say, cover your windows. Cover them. So, so my blackout curtains, which some people might call a depression, like a depression cave, really a good idea. <laughs> they are actually blackout curtains. They actually have thermal curtains designed to reflect heat. Mm -hmm. um, but anything, awnings, uh, light blocking shades, reflective film, like there's stuff you can buy that you put up on the window, kind of like uh, uh, tinting on it. Hmm. Anything like that will dramatically reduce the solar energy. Even if you just buy like those car windshield yeah. reflectors yeah, yeah. and just stick it in your window. That's going to be like huge because windows are how you demonstrate the greenhouse effect to people, right? How mm -hmm. the planet's heating up. Same idea. It's literally heating your home in the same way. Light comes in, heats it up, doesn't leave, bounces back, does all that. Right. So, yeah, cover your windows is step number one. Check. Got it. Good. <laughs> step number two is to eliminate a extra sources of heat. Like, we can't do much about the sun. It's going to, sun's going to sun. can't turn it off. You can't turn the sun off. 
So don't let it in and then don't do its job for it. So some examples of this are... Unplugging things? Yes, unplugging things. So even if you're not using them, many electrical, uh, many electrical items will draw power. So and get even, off heat. Yeah, even like your phone charger. If you just unplug your phone from it but leave the charger in the wall, mm -hmm. it could still be drawing energy into it and then giving off minute amounts of heat. But over the course of a day, if there's 10 or 12 of these things going on, it's a little bit of heat. So unplugging things from the wall when not in use. Not turning lights on, too. I notice that my light bulbs can be devastatingly hot. That's the next one on the list. Nice. Um, so, yeah, incandescent light bulbs put off a lot of heat. So first, switch to LEDs or CFLs if you haven't already. Mm -hmm. And then second, leave lights off as much as possible. Um, obviously this can, if going along with blackout curtains, leaving the lights off might Listen, mean... I might have a vitamin D deficiency, but I'll tell you what. <laughs> really good for vampires yeah. around here. But I am a little vampiric, but what could, my apartment is nice and cool. Exactly. But yeah, try and leave the lights off. Leave, turn lights off when you exit the room. I'm getting better at this. I am not great. But since I've noticed my small child, MJ, may be worse, is definitely worse than me at this. <laughs> and so, because when I notice that she's leaving the lights on, I realized, man, my wife, my poor my long poor, suffering poor wife, wife, has been following me around like a small child, turning off lights after me. So I'm getting better at turning the lights off. There you go. But uh, turning the lights off is a good one because, yeah, the light bulbs set off a pretty decent amount they of heat. They do. Other ones, eating foods that don't require stove or oven cooking. Crock pot. Crock pot is good. That's definitely lower heat. Um, eating cold foods or you know whole foods. One thing that uh, we've started doing here on occasion during the weeks, especially the last two weeks when it was super hot, is we would buy salad, you know, or have salad mix in the house, and then during our day or whatever on our way home, we would stop by the grocery store and pick up one of those uh, pre-cooked chickens. chickens. Yes, they're the best. Yeah, and if you let it just kind of cool naturally or put it in you know, like if you buy it a day ahead of time and put it in the fridge well they have some that aren't hot they have some cool down ones too they usually. do but yeah so if you get you can even get one of the hot ones and eat it hot um but you didn't heat the house up with it mm -hmm. um or if you get one that's already cooked and you put it in the fridge or whatever you can make like a chicken salad yeah we would do like chicken uh, caesar salad i love buying those because the chicken's so much better and it takes so much less it's just amazing they are pretty chicken. cheap too it's like yes. five bucks a chicken but if well, you, can't if you go to that, costco they're five bucks sure but you can buy a whole chicken pretty cheap and cook it in cook a crock it. pot That's or an instant pot really quick and then you've got a ton of meat for that way so that would be a way to do this a little bit even cheaper yeah but yeah and gen in general avoiding using the stove or oven barbecue cook outside exactly cook outside so anything that you can do outside would microwaves. be microwaves. Microwave practice using your solar <laughs> oven. Yeah, take your microwave outside. Uh, I have never seen a functioning solar oven. I think we need to do it this week on our vacation in a week or two. We're going to okay. have to get a solar oven. I've, we can fail at that because I've never seen a successful one in my life. Another appliance that sends off a lot of heat is the dryer. Like the washer-dryer combination. Yeah, don't run your washer and your dryer in particular. That thing is hot. Don't make it their job easy for them don't mm -hmm. make it don't do the sun's job don't let the sun uh be even better at it next one's mind what you eat and drink so first off drinking a lot of water because yeah. you're just gonna get hot so stay hydrated this is always good advice for life Drink more water drink more water i know uh avoid alcohol and caffeine both of those are uh diuretics or whatever so they will make you have less water than right you need. so don't get drunk and coffee don't you're four the, loco corinne <laughs> i'm really more of a pepsi kind of gal and don't eat large protein rich meals less protein so, really well don't eat like 
big meals because the more you eat, like your body raises its metabolic or metabolic rate, which can make you feel warmer. Hmm. So eat a little bit. Eat those nice salads we were talking about earlier. Eat some sort of cucumber and tomato salad like yeah. your little bird. Eat your pickles <laughs> that you canned <laughs> a couple weeks ago. Yet. Yeah. Fans. The that. next one, obviously. Mm-hmm. Electric fans is a Very thing. important. Vornado. Great job. Yeah. Uh, if we're going to drop a name brand, we love the Vornado fan we got. We actually we're love a Vornado it so family. We got a second one because it's so good. It moves a lot of air. But uh, any fan will work. Yeah. What you really want to do is point your fans to circulate the most amount of air. Because gen- by themselves, they don't actually cool anything. But just that moving air is way nicer to feel mm-hmm. than stagnant air. Mm-hmm. If you do have a small space, like Corinne's tiny home, you <laughs> That's can, what we'll call it. <laughs> you can make a pretty decent, um, but Tornado. very inefficient uh, swamp cooler mm-hmm. by putting a tray of ice or an oh, ice yeah. bucket in front of the fan and just letting that air blow over. And so as it evaporates, it moves cool air through the room. This works fairly well, but as soon as you run out of that ice, it heats back up. But if you just in the moment need to cool down a little bit, it works great. That's a good way if to you've do ever it. worked in a kitchen, you've done that before. Yeah. Also, if it cools down significantly at night, which most nights around here it does, over this last weekend didn't do so great, but even last night it cooled down into the 60s, -hmm. open that house up. Once that sun goes down, once it drops below the temperature inside, open everything. Reverse the blind uh, advice earlier. I'm going to say, I'm a no-go on this because that's a murder central. No, do not (laughs) open up everything. Well, I mean, you can close it back up when you go to bed, but... If you can, open it up while it's dark out and then push the air out with fans. This is the thing I was Seems reading a lot about counterproductive. There is some evidence to suggest that putting a fan by an open window and pointing it out when it's hotter inside will be more beneficial than trying to pull air in because you're pushing the hot air out. Um, in theory, you really want to get like a, like a seal around it and that would work better. But because it, as it pushes the hot air out, it'll draw cold air in. Anyway, so... You can experiment, see which works try better for you. Try putting a fan out there. Huh? Yeah, but have try and also get a cross flow. So one of the other things we talked about with all the houses that used to be built pre-air conditioning, which wasn't that long ago, I mean, mm-hmm. 1960s or whatever, right? They used to have designed into them a way for air to flow through the house. So they would think about the placement of doors and windows so that you could get cross flow through the house. Mm-hmm. Now, modern houses don't really have that, but try your best using fans to get air to flow through the house from one side to the other or draw air through the house right that'll cool it down so you don't have like air in the middle of your house that never gets pulled out and then of course lock all that stuff back up as soon as the sun comes up right right about 6 a.m you're gonna want to lock that all up yeah trap them gains and then don't let the sun (laughs) into it next one this one's more of a long game for you corinne okay plant shade trees around your house that's a real long game yeah if you own your home or you plan on staying there for a long time Uh, planting, you know, tall growing shade trees, deciduous trees around your home is not a bad plan. It will do a lot to keep the heat off your roof and off your house. And trees are fairly inexpensive as the things go. Doesn't, don't usually like smud and stuff give some out for free? A lot of places do, yeah. And here in Sacramento, the utility will give you some shade trees. So you just got to ask for them and they'll plant them and you can plant them. But the east, south, and west sides are where you want to place them. Especially the south. I found that the south side of our house gets a ton of heat and the west side as well. Hmm. So east, it gets like the morning light. So it's, it's not as bad. Not as bad. So, But either way, figure out where the best place to place them is and place them. And then use water to cool down. Oh, yeah. So first off, we talked about drinking a lot of water. Mm-hmm. Drink as cold as you can, and that'll really cool you down a lot. So drink ice water if you can. Just keep you know water, bottles of water frozen. 
Um, one of the things that people talk about is like if you get a big bottle, like a two liter bottle, fill it with white water and then freeze it. Mm-hmm. You can just like hug that to your chest <laughs> and it'll cool you down quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but you want to talk about dropping your temperature uh, with this water. So yeah, taking like frozen things. Yeah, I used to take uh, frozen peas and place them all strategically on my body in hot summers. Sure. Take like a, you know, the hot water bottles, those rubberized bottles that yes. you use for like when you have the, the flu or whatever. Yeah. Those freeze really well and they don't sweat. So you could freeze one of those and take it to bed with you or just use it um, to cool different parts of your body. Soaking your feet can be really effective at it's cooling you down. the reverse of our winter, which is always to have put fresh socks on so that your feet are warm. Because when your feet are warm, you're warm. But when exactly. your feet are warm, you're warm. Exactly. So take your socks off. Put your feet into a nice bowl of ice water. That'll cool you down You're a quick. socks guy. That's got to be rough for you, Derek. <laughs> um, also, like taking a cool you know, a bandana or a uh-huh. towel getting it a little wet. Some might you, say an infinity scarf. Yeah, an infinity scarf. Putting it around your neck. Pressure points are always really good for this stuff, but that'll get the your evaporative wrists, effect. Right? Yeah. So your wrist, your temples, your neck, your elbows, your armpits, your groin, your the back of your knees is really good. Mm. Any place where you, the, uh, your ankles. So like your pressure points. Those are all places where you can put like if you just take like an ice cube and put it on your wrist, you'd be shocked at how Why well that, that goes. Why does that work so well? I th- I'm not a scientist, Grant. Okay, well, so you're my scientist someone, for this. Yeah, but nobody will write in to co- contradict me. <laughs> yeah. I believe it's because those places have, like, a lot of blood that comes close to the surface. Hmm. So you've got, like, the capillaries or whatever there, and the blood is very close to the skin. And so by putting it there, it cools it quite a bit. Hmm. And so that's my understanding of why those places work. I'll take it. I accept and, that. Yeah. No one's no one says otherwise, but it does work. It's like I said, if you just put like one ice cube on your wrist, you'd be shocked. Or on your temple, it feels so good when it's hot. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, using that, a spray bottle filled with cold water and just kind of misting yourself. Or water balloon fight with your friends. Yeah, getting outside, acclimating to the heat is another one. We did talk a bit about this in the past, but get outside a little bit in the shade. Yesterday, so I was out painting soccer Oof, fields. That was, it was too really much. hot, and I drug MJ with me. Poor because kid. yeah she was just sitting here she's been sitting here just playing video games for all summer and i was like nope you gotta get out you gotta be bored with me <laughs> so but she was and it was not a too terribly hot i was in the 90s mid 90s yeah. but she was sitting in the shade because poor girl is not gonna get sunburned but it was really nice in the shade it was you know like 70 degrees with a little bit of a breeze mm-hmm. so she was fine just relaxing in the shade um, and whenever I would get sick of being out in the sun, I would come over and sit in the shade with her for a little bit. And then uh, her aunt came by to pick her up for some pizza and some movies to save her. Yeah, but basically just even being in the shade there as you're in a kind of gradual nicer heat will make you more tolerant to the heat. Yeah. So get outside. Maybe think about turning the air conditioner on later, setting it a little bit higher when you are using it so that, you know, you get used to a little bit more warmth yeah. so that when it does go out, you're not like completely unprepared. Get outside. When we went to uh, Moab last year, that was kind of the first few days we were sort of getting used to it. I remember it being like really tough. Like it was like 110, right? Easily. And just kind of it never really cooling down. I was sort of in shock the first few days. And after a while, I was just like, yeah, I just sweat and feel hot all the time. You just, that's just how it is, you know? You got to get used to sweat. Sweat is good. Yeah. Um, A lot of people don't like that feeling. Some other things you can do, take a cold shower. Mm -hmm. Uh, especially like right before bed a lot of people have trouble sleeping in the heat yeah it's hard Um, so things you can do to keep your bed cool uh yeah take that cold shower before you go to bed sopping head wet hair other (laughs) things you can do use uh organic fibers cotton fibers bamboo 
yeah, this is a this is one I haven't tried, but it's supposed to work really well. Is either replace your mattress, or if you need the mattress, put a bamboo mat over the top of it. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to work really well at keeping your bed cool. And it's like a traditional, I think Vietnamese or uh, uh, Chinese thing is the bamboo mat to sleep on. So I, I, I haven't tried it, but it would be interesting. I have a pair of pajamas that are made out of, I mean, it says it's bamboo. It's very soft. So yeah. I don't know how it is bamboo, but they are the coolest pajamas I have ever owned. Like I'm, I don't, I'm a sweater, thorough sweater. And these, I don't sweat at all. So, and really cheap. I got it for like 20 bucks. Got another good one for you, Corinne. Yes. This one works well for you yeah. since you're forever alone. Thank you. Sleeping alone better than cuddling up <laughs> there you go yeah you got that extra body heat that's so. it yeah, Only and my spreading own. out like Spreads. so like oh you're always moving to find the cold spot that's not good for me because i like to sleep like tied up in a, like a little ball yeah because you know I'm you can move of, that ball from different areas of the bed though i guess to cool. but yeah you like get your arms out from underneath you and you know take starfish up all the room yeah style. starfish it out yeah that'll help you when you sleep but yeah, wet hair does a lot. What was that one you told me? You said some people freeze their sheets for a small yeah, one of the of time? one of the notes we saw here was people will take their like top sheet and freeze it. Like literally put it in the freezer and then put it back on the bed. I believe it. I guess. I don't know. I feel like it would make your bed wet. I don't know if that would bother me. Having a wet. You know what though? This would be the one time you would want to have it like a, a water bed, right? Because the water can't, some of them control the temperature with, of the water in the water bed. I don't know. Maybe that's some fancy water bed shit. But beds where you get air circulation are better. So hammocks, sleeping outside sometimes can be better. Oh, yeah. It my, down. You could sleep in a hammock and not wake up and fall out of their hammock with a, who could walk the next day after that? Well, that's what I, I, one of the things we're going to use on our camping trip is I got a hammock that it's a stay flat, not a banana oh, hammock. Okay. So it's uh, designed to keep flat on the back. Cause yeah, I thought hammock, I'm never going to be able to walk again never if I sleep again. and I wake no up with way. my creaky old man back. will just never get unhunched. <laughs> but uh, no, this one's designed to stay flat. How do you so not I'm gonna see flip how that it works. if it doesn't? I am intrigued we'll to see, see how that we'll see works how, Again, one of our summer vacation experiments is the flat hammock. Because if it works, it'd be great uh, to take with you in like a bug out sort of situation. Sure. So we're going to see. So, yeah. All right. Well, this is some pretty good advice. Yeah. So those are just some basic ways to kind of beat the heat. Uh, I have some you, other suggestions. Uh, yeah, let's hear them. Uh, go to Gunther's Ice Cream. Delicious. <laughs> ice cream. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you... They have delicious ice cream. I also can't... How much I, are they paying you, Corinne? They are not paying me a dime. I pay them all the time. And fruit freeze, delicious. Target pumps that AC like you wouldn't believe. One of the other uh, things, we did forget this one. Go to public places. Mm-hmm. Lots of time. So if you live in a place where they know heat waves have come, come in, lots of municipalities and cities will set up heat relief centers. Really? With misters and AC indoors. so that pe- Especially for like homeless people who can't get inside. Mm-hmm. Or for people that don't have AC or just you know need to get cool. Um, places like that for them but yeah public places libraries target places like that that have really nice ac you can go into there so yeah get into a public place get downstairs is another one as well upstairs is going to be hotter than downstairs yeah when i lived in san diego it was really hot in our apartment and we would both just like take our fans in our room and then we'd wake up early in the morning take our fans out of our room and bring like every fan we owned into the living room and we'd sleep on the floor just like and bags of peas on our backs so that is one of my suggestions all the fans in one room nobody leaves on a bed of peas on a bed of peas like this one's dethawed put it back (laughs) 
<laughs> and then they had like. I'm little... sure those were really tasty. <laughs> I don't. Constantly thaw. I don't think we them. ever ate them. I think they ended up just being our cooling bags. I mean, there are more effective things than bags. Well, of pee, we had bags of peas. Okay. Is yeah. the thing you know, you use what any port in a storm, sure. Derek. Got it. Got it. Yeah, but anyways, that's our advice for getting away without AC this summer. Keep so. it cool. Yeah, if you've got any more advice or any best practices you do or any weird bags of pea stories you have, feel free to send them to us. <laughs> We've got one more episode, and then I think we're going to take like a two-week break for our summer vacation. Summertime fun time. Yeah, so we'll be back be next week. Us. Yeah, and we'll see you then. So thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. All right, bye. Bye. <laughs>